when it comes to our relationships in particular, we intuitively know that relationships and the patterns we're struggling with had their beginnings in the past. But here's the thing that we know as metaphysicians. We understand that what we focus on grows. So if you're only doing your relationship work by going back into your father did this and your mother did that and your sister did this, without the larger context and the visioning and the clarity of what you're committed to creating, you're in danger of actually solidifying the self that you formed in response to that wounding. Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas in personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm so deeply moved by the unstoppable spirit here at Mind Valley where we are finding ways to be together and be connected deeply. You know, it's not really social distancing, it's physical distancing only, but I just feel you even more solidly in my heart. I feel joined with you and unified by you. I've been feeling your presence and just preparing for this gorgeous brief time we have together this morning to really anchor us in a tone of how to have happy, healthy relationships. And I would just love to begin with just a brief centering so that we drop out of our minds and into our bodies and really connect with this conversation from a very wholehearted place. So just inviting you to close your eyes for a moment. And take a nice deep breath as though you could breathe all the way down into your hips. Moving into a place of deep listening and receptivity as if you could open your inner eyes and listen with your inner ears. And becoming aware of all of the feelings and sensations in your body. Just noticing where you're holding any tension and as you find it, just letting it go. And softening into a space of surrender Just seeing even this opportunity to be together as answered prayer. Imagining us all together in our virtual temple of light and love, healing and happiness. Growth, learning. And just seeing ourselves surrounded by angels, angels to the left of us and angels to the right, angels before us and angels behind us, angels above, angels below, recognizing that we are indeed chosen to evolve beyond any toxic patterns we've had in the area of love and relationship so that we are liberated to love liberated to become ourselves fully in a field of support, in a field of safety. And just saying yes to this future, thank you, thank you, thank you. 
claiming this blessing for yourself and for everyone here, just extending your love. So it is and so it shall be. And together we all say, yes, amen. Something beautiful is waking up in our midst. It's the possibility of being happy and free in our love relationships. I want to just presence us to the context that we're in, which is really this evolutionary conversation around love. Because love is a moving train, the culture of love, how we form relationships, what the agreements of those relationships are, how we take care of each other, what's possible in relationship. The very purpose of relationships have changed more in the last 50 years than in the thousands of years before that. If we even look at our grandparents or our great-grandparents, we see that their models for relationship was really more about raising children or economic stability. It was about the stability of the community. Those old model relationships were very often role-based as opposed to soul-based. So we are in a different time where what is emerging through us are very rich, soulful unions, where we have a desire for so much more than maybe our grandparents desired in relationships. You know, we desire very deep, authentic connection with people who are our true tribe, who truly get us who are supporting us really to become who we have the potential to be. And certainly in intimate love, we're looking at love between equals, where both of us are holding power. Not one person is the one who gets to go out and actualize their potential, and the other person's a support person, where we're both standing in the fullness of our power, where each of us has a voice that is considered and included, And where we are not just settling down, but rising up in our relationships. I think that we all know that we have been working very hard to become people that we would need to be in order to manifest these relationships and to sustain them over time. So we know that we need to actually have a foundation of self-love. I don't know that we always know exactly what that looks like or what that is. But I think that somehow that understanding has also been a little confusing in the sense that many of us have kind of gone to the extreme thinking that we don't actually need relationship to be happy or that we shouldn't need relationship to be happy. So we've been working at being very, very self-sufficient. Somehow we've come to a place where we think that maybe Needing other people at all is a weakness. We've confused needing people with somehow being needy. So I really want to see if we can clear up that myth today that we shouldn't need each other in order to be happy. Because here's the thing. Brain science is now showing that we are indeed hardwired to need each other that our brains are actually social organs, that from the moment we're born throughout our entire lives, the state of our relationships will determine our moods, 
will determine even our body rhythms and change the structure of our brains. And so study after study is showing that our social relationships literally regulate our physiology, which is what we intuitively know, which is why it's so critical that we gather and why we love coming together every summer for Mind Valley University and being in classes together. Because our relationships with each other will adjust and fortify even our neural rhythms. So it's a process called limbic regulation. We literally regulate each other. We become well in the company of each other. We regulate each other's heart rates, blood pressure, body temperature, immune function, our hormone levels. So you have to remember that you are an open loop you're constantly being impacted by the relationships that you have and love and your intimate connections will even determine your identity and therefore your destiny because we live life from a sense of who we are. That's how we understand what's possible for us to create. So love makes us who we are and love determines who we can become. Reminds me of that beautiful quote, Luciano de Crescenzo, we are each of us angels with only one wing and we can only fly by embracing each other. So we actually need relationships to be healthy, wholehearted. And I would say that your impulse for loving connections to actualize the potentials that each of your intimate connections holds for love is a holy one, just as holy is the impulse to meditate or the impulse to take care of your body and eat well, the impulse to grow spiritually, the impulse to realize your purpose in life, to actualize your creative gifts to the world, that loving relationships is actually critical to this. So we want to prioritize developing what we would call relational intelligence. And relational intelligence is what will allow you to form healthy, secure attachment bonds with other people, to be able to use relationship as the foundation from which to generate your best life. So relationship actually becomes a springboard for you to actualize your potentials. So I always like to begin with the future. Where are we going? Very often when we work on our relationship issues, where do we go? We go into the past. We want to understand the early childhood traumas and how those traumas impacted us. And of course, we see evidence of them later on in the toxic patterns that we create about giving our power away, dimming down in the company of others, losing our voice, losing our sense of self. All of those things that would create codependence, love avoidant push-pull patterns. If you've enjoyed this podcast, consider joining Mind Valley All Access. Now you can sign up to Mind Valley All Access and unlock every Mind Valley program instantly. Get access to transformation from all of the world's best minds in everything from parenting to biohacking to mind, body, spirit, entrepreneurship, work productivity. Learn from the likes of Ben Greenfield, Jim Quick, Shafali Sabari, Stephen Kotler, and more. All available to you for less than $2 a day. Simply visit mindvalley.com forward slash now. 
That's mindvalley.com forward slash N-O-W. And you'll be surprised to see that Mindvalley All Access now comes with advanced technologies to completely transform your learning, your networks, and your human connections, including our new private social network for students, Connections by Mindvalley, and our Altered State Inducement app, Ombana, which complements our regular training with Altered State methodologies to transform you at a subconscious level. Check it all out on mindvalley.com forward slash N-O-W. Mindvalley.com forward slash now. So instead of starting with the past, I like to create the context of the future because the work you do on your past is always inside of a greater commitment. And when we start with the future, what we do is we actually begin to identify with the self of the future, who you are inside of happy love, who are you inside of your relationships being the best that they can be. And that begins to give you a developmental pull into that future. You start to see the ways you need to grow. You start to notice the things you didn't learn in childhood that you now need to grow. So we're going to start with the future. So I want to just paint for you a picture of what well-being and love looks like. So this is a relationship, and it could be with your primary partner, but it could be also with your group of intimate friends. Some of you are expanding your tribal family and choosing family members that are either one person or a few people. But it could also be with your family of origin, just your relational tribe around you. So this is where relationships, when those relationships are healthy, this is where conflict, disagreements, and differences actually enrich and deepen the connection rather than limit it or destroy it. Okay, it's a relationship where everyone is encouraged to express their feelings and their needs clearly because they feel secure in knowing that other people care about those feelings and needs. That doesn't mean they organize their whole lives around suddenly being held hostage to meet all of them, but they care and they do their best to consider those moving forward. These are relationships where you're free to tell the truth about how you really feel, what you really think, and where you're willing to hear that from others. They're relationships where you can actually say no without a fear of losing love, where you can disappoint someone without a fear that they're going to leave you or shut down or punish you, and vice versa, where you can hear the no. You can honor and respect a boundary, even if you're disappointed without withdrawing your love. They are relationships that have very clear expectations where the boundaries are very flexible, but explicit, where everybody knows the boundaries. And then there's mutual respect around honoring those boundaries, where there's a fundamental sense of trust in honoring each other's intentions. You feel that you can give each other the benefit of the doubt because you know that your motives are wholesome. People are not listening for leverage. They're not listening to be right or to make wrong. You're actually listening 
with the best of intentions and with wholesome motivation. They're relationships which has an explicit experience where you're looking out for each other. You've got each other's backs. You're prioritizing the health of the relationship above the impulse for personal protection at any given moment. That means that when there's a breakdown and your feelings to hurt, rather than go into building a wall or cutting the other person off in your heart, you'll prioritize the relationship and you'll reach out to connect and work it out with the best of intentions. And that is mutual. The other person does the same for you. It's a relationship that feels solid, where you know you can depend on others in a tough time. And it's a source of just deep happiness and well-being. It is the foundation where you can relax enough to begin to be very creative in your life to begin to really expand and explore because you know you're safe and you know you're valued and you know you're loved. So that is what we are aspiring to when we talk about happy, healthy love. So the first practice that you want to take on in generating happy relationships is to always keep in mind the future that we're aspiring to. Now, we are not yet the people we would need to be necessarily in order to have that kind of connection. But it's good to know where we're going. So even in the face of a breakdown, or even in the face of being disappointed, that rather than going into the past to even process that when you were disappointed in the past, and how that happened to you so many times in past relationships, you begin with the future. What I'm committed to is... And that becomes the context for any of the work that you're doing. So we want to start with you actually setting an intention for a particular relationship or your relationships in general or a relationship that you have with a group of people. So let's just have you close your eyes for a moment. And take a deep breath. And just allowing yourself to connect with the hunger, the holy hunger that comes up in response to hearing what healthy relationship looks like. Just allowing yourself to stick your foot in the door of that possibility. Recognizing even this conversation as your date with destiny, no matter what toxic patterns you've had in your past, no matter what kind of pain and discouragement or frustration you've had, no matter how crazy your upbringing, no matter if you've never had relationships like this. I want you to see the fact that you are here in this conversation, hearing my voice right now, is evidence that life does indeed have in store for you the possibility of this kind of love, that you are an evolutionary and your future of happiness and love is not determined by your past. It's determined by the intention that you set in this moment to have that future. And so just saying yes to life and allowing yourself to set 
and intention for happiness and love, for health and love. To be able to find your tribe or your partner or to actualize with the partner you have a fertile field of growth and aliveness, safety and inspiration. And just creating an intention for yourself that is future focused. This shall be so. Not what you don't want anymore. No more married men. (laughs) No. I'm a stand to have relationships where we show up for each other, where we are solid. We are there no matter what. So you create an intention in the affirmative. What will you create? And you want to create a relationship that is, oh, causes you to rise up. Causes you to rise up. Become more than you've known yourself to be. Where love is a source of joy. When you have it, just write that intention down. Just open your eyes and write it down. And I would love to hear a couple of shares, Zenas, if we can get people to share their intention. I really want to encourage you to live from the future backwards. When it comes to our relationships in particular, we intuitively know that relationships and the patterns we're struggling with had their beginnings in the past. But here's the thing that we know as metaphysicians is we understand that what we focus on grows. So if you're only doing your relationship work by going back into your father did this and your mother did that and your sister did this, without the larger context and the visioning and the clarity of what you're committed to creating, you're in danger of actually solidifying the self that you formed in response to that wounding. I know that's a complicated thought. It might be a new thought for some of you. So I'm a psychotherapist, so I get to say these things because I obviously see the value in going back and connecting the dots with what happened and the traumas of your past, where you got disappointed, where you got diminished or devalued or abandoned, all of those things which did, of course, imprint you with a sense of self and also with missing skills and development, like not even really knowing how it might work any other way. Right, So I understand the value of going back and connecting the dots. But where you want to begin is with this future. And you want to include visioning love and the fulfillment of love in that future. And how you vision is this. Let's just close our eyes for a second again. Taking a deep breath is so you can breathe all the way down into your hips. And just imagining that that future in your intention is already so right now. You already are living that future. You're just going to collapse time. And just noticing in your body what it sounds like, what it feels like, what it smells like, what it tastes like. See if you can get some images in your body 
Maybe you're imagining the two of you dancing and people clapping their hands around you. Or maybe you're hearing the laughter from like belly laughs, freedom. Maybe you're smelling the cooking of someone cooking your favorite meal just because they love you and they want to express their love for you. Just starting to walk through the world, imagining what it feels like to be in this fulfillment right now. Where you are free, you are seen, you are healthy, you are loved, you are happy. Just feeling that in your body. And asking yourself, who am I here? Because that possible self of your future is the self you want to begin identifying with when it comes to love. I am loved. I am well. I am healthy, happy, and whole. Okay, beautiful. Beautiful. And just opening your eyes. So whenever you have a breakdown in a relationship, or you have a breakdown in trying to meet the love of your life, or whatever the breakdown, you want to go back to your intention and respond in a generative way from that intention rather than react from the younger traumatized self. So most of us are not really in a generative relationship with the breakdowns between ourselves and others. We go into a very reactive state. That's, just, that's when we get a little crazy in love. And as much as we want happy, healthy love, we'll start to do push-pull, or we'll start to do drama-trauma. We get re-triggered into trauma. We get reactive. Maybe we shut down. Maybe we start giving our power away. We start bartering for love rather than truly expressing it. And we barter with our power. We barter with our voice. We start giving ourselves away. We lose ourselves in someone else's life. So it's not love that's making us crazy. What's making us a little crazy is our own dependency needs. Because as I said, nature has designed us to be interdependent. We actually do need each other. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. That's how we're designed. So because most of us have suffered from relational traumas when we were young with the people who were there to feed us, to keep us safe, to shelter us, to clothe us, it really felt at that time when we were not getting our needs met because they were untrustworthy or inconsistent or ambivalent or abusive in some way, it felt like a matter of life and death. Because when the early traumas happened, it was. You know, babies don't get up and feed themselves. Toddlers can't go to work to earn money to pay the rent. Six-year-olds can't take themselves to an Al-Anon meeting so that they're making more empowered meaning of whatever is happening. So what happens with those unhealed places in us is that when we start to feel healthy interdependence develop, that we can get very anxious. So it's actually our own dependency needs. We don't really have intimacy issues 
we are uncomfortable with our own dependency needs. And that's when we start to push-pull a lot of times because we don't want to be dependent on someone or we'll get needy, God forbid. So how many of you have had the experience of starting off in a relationship that really mattered and you're kind of in your adult, strong, worthy self, you have access to your wisdom and your power, and then something happens Maybe the other person doesn't show up the way you want them to or expect them to. Maybe you get disappointed, but you lose your center. And all of a sudden, you kind of revert back to that needy four-year-old self where you're checking your phone every three minutes to see if they texted you back, right? This This is because of those core beliefs that got triggered in response to these early childhood traumas, these relational woundings. And they are triggered at the level of identity, right? The level of I'm somehow not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm all alone. See, I always wind up alone. Everybody always leaves me. Nobody ever shows up for me. You know, that was the conclusions you came to when you were too young to know any better because your brain hadn't quite developed yet to hold complexity. You couldn't say to yourself, wow, my dad has a narcissistic personality disorder. I can see that my mother is disappearing herself in response to that. I wonder how I can find my voice in the midst of this. No, you just said, oh, you know, I must be invisible too. Or you started sourcing your safety from being invisible. So you took that on as a core defense and then it became an identity. So we do revert back internally to these states in response to disappointment sometimes. Disappointment is the biggest trigger for a false center. So and what happens usually is we try and be cool. We don't want to be needy. So then we stop having any needs at all. We try and pretend that we're still an adult and yet we're really not feeling that way internally, but we're embarrassed to share this part of us. We don't want other people to know about this because we think they're gonna lose respect for us. So I just wanna humanize this. And this is the Mind Valley Podcast. If you like the Mind Valley Podcast, take the next step. Become a Mind Valley member. Imagine being coached daily by the greatest teachers on the planet. How quickly would you transform your health, your mindset, your body? your relationships? How quickly would you double the size of your company? How quickly would you see your career grow? How quickly would you eliminate any limiting belief that's holding you back and manifest a life that you once thought beyond your dreams? When you become a member, you don't just get access to the greatest education in the world. You become part of a community of 150,000 of the most incredible people dedicated to personal growth. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now to get started.